a celebration of life, love, laughter, and tradition, Fiddler on the Roof returns to the stage in this new, highly acclaimed Broadway in Chicago run, featuring the classics Tradition, If I Were a Rich Man, Sunrise, Sunset, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, and To Life, To Life, Lechaim. Fiddler on the Roof will introduce a new generation to this uplifting celebration that raises its cup to joy and, of course, to life. This show is one week only at the Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd. Tickets are at broadwayinchicago.com. And Mishkan Chicago gets a special discount code, $45 middle balcony tickets for May 17th, 18th, and 19th with code ROOF45. Can I just say, as a rabbi and someone who believes that Fiddler on the Roof is actual Torah, this is an incredible opportunity for anyone wanting to deepen the love they already have for a classic Jewish story or fall in love with it for the first time. Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd, broadwayinchicago.com, special discount code ROOF45. Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week, we read Parshat Mot, After the Death, which picks up our story slash law book after the death of Aaron's older sons. We'll start with a brief recap. So only one person can enter the Holy of Holies, the innermost chamber of the Mishkan, and only once a year, and that person is the high priest on Yom Kippur. To do so, he needs special clothing and ointments and must enter in a cloud of burning incense. On Yom Kippur, he goes in, atones for the sins of all the Israelites, and then does a ceremony where he marks one goat for slaughter and one goat to be sent to Azazel. The Torah then concludes this little Yom Kippur manual by telling us to observe the day as a day of atonement and to afflict our souls. More on that later. Getting back to our regularly scheduled sacrificial laws, we learn not to offer sacrifices anywhere other than in the temple, not to consume any blood, not to follow the ways of the Egyptians or Canaanites. We also get a list of forbidden sexual relationships and are warned that the punishment for doing any of these is expulsion from the land. This Parsha is a great example of how the rabbis of the Talmudic era went from a mention of something in the Torah into a fully developed holiday with all sorts of laws and practices that we could do in a post-temple era. In this Parsha, we get some verses about the ritual, a lot of them are about sacrifice, and then we get a cryptic command that says, V'initem et nafshotechem, you should afflict your souls. And out of this unexplained verse, like, what does it mean to afflict your soul? How does one do that? Out of that, the rabbis of the Talmud have an entire chapter worth of discussion about what this commandment means, coming to the conclusion that there are five categories of affliction that we should observe on Yom Kippur. No eating, no drinking, no having sex, no wearing leather shoes, and no wearing ointments. From these five categories, the rabbis then go on to talk about exceptions to these rules, and what constitutes eating, and why are these the five categories we should observe, and so much more. And that chapter of the Talmud, in a tractate named Yoma, for Yom Kippur, it gets sort of banal in the details. But I really love it as a paradigm for the way that we observe Judaism today, that we see something in the Torah, the rabbis of the Talmud expand on it, and we get to experience the full historical development of the holiday. So we can read this Parsha and recognize that we no longer have a high priest who does the full ritual for us in special clothes, as the Torah describes. But we do still have a structure for atoning on the day as the Torah commandments. We do still have someone who leads us in prayer. We do still wear special things, and we do still follow the rabbi's instructions to afflict ourselves. It's moments like these that help us connect to the laws in the Torah and also to remember that Judaism has been changing and evolving 
Throughout our entire history, we practice an ancient religion. But that does not mean that every practice is equally ancient. The rabbis built a post-temple religion that was deliberately flexible and personal, so that no matter where we live or when we live, we can remain connected to tradition in ways that feel authentic. This week, I want to offer a blessing to these rabbis living in the centuries after the destruction of the world as they knew it, who said, This tradition is still valuable to me, and I want to figure out how to live with it and also make it work for the world I live in, and whose efforts formed the basis of the Judaism that we live today. And I want to offer each of you a blessing for continuing this spirit, for showing up, for example, to listen to a podcast in the spirit of, this tradition is still valuable. Let me find ways to engage it in a modern way. See you next week.